Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser, an editor here at Light Reading. Our guest today is Cliff Grossner, Executive Director for the Cloud and Data Center at Omdia. Today we're going to talk about HPE's $925 million acquisition of SD-WAN supplier Silverpeak. Cliff and I will discuss whether the timing was right on this acquisition and also what it means for the wider SD-WAN market. In addition, Cliff will share his predictions for how the COVID-19 pandemic will impact the SD-WAN industry. We'll cover those topics and more right after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20 plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows tier one media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery. All right, hi Cliff, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. Well, thank you, Kelsey, it's my pleasure to be here today. Yeah, how's your week going so far? Well, given that it's Thursday and uh, <laughs> I've had a really busy week and, and we're wrapping up a big project tomorrow, uh, it's been extremely um, pressured, but I'm really looking forward to the weekend and it's been going awesomely well because we're in not bad shape for tomorrow's uh, delivery. Oh, excellent. So it's always good to get that in and then you can relax on the weekend. Um, well, thanks again for joining us and wanted to talk to you today about um, the big news that HPE acquired um, Silver Peak for $925 million, you know, just a few dollars there. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on that acquisition? Was HPE's decision to acquire Silver Peak um, a logical or smart move for the company? Overall, uh, I should let you know that I have spoken both to HPE and I've spoken to Silver Peak about the acquisition. I'm very positive about it. From the perspective of HPE, they, I think, did a smart move because they, if they were going to get uh, into the SD-WAN market, they wanted to buy into the market in a, with a position of strength. And they did because mm -hmm. Silver Peak was uh, very near the top of market share after Cisco and uh, VMware in the market. And so they bought a very significant position. And Actually, the price they paid, while it might seem a lot, is actually quite a good price. Um, okay. Silverpeak had about $170 million in revenue for 2019, by our estimates. Wow. And that would be about a five times multiplier for Silverpeak, which is very reasonable given what they bought. Uh, what are your thoughts on the timing of this acquisition? I've heard that we're entering into SD-WAN 2.0, where some uh, service providers are bringing on additional vendors um, because due to customer demand or just to have a you know wider um, suite of services to offer so is hpe a little bit late coming in or do you feel like the timing is just right for this acquisition well there's a couple of factors first of all uh, if they had bought a small player that you know had some technology, but no real traction in the market, I'd have said too late, too little, too mm -hmm. late, not going to help them. But in this case, they bought uh, uh, Silverpeak, which is well positioned in the market, has a reasonable service provider business. 
And so now, and it's, this is complementary with HPE's SD branch um, mm-hmm. equipment and business. So in terms of timing in the market, the fact that they bought some a player that's well-positioned, uh, really it's still lots of time in the market. I, I mean, 2019, we have the market at a little over $2 billion in revenue, and we forecast that by 2024, it'll be about $4.6 billion in revenue to the vendors. Uh, that doesn't include revenue to the service providers. And so HPE is in a good position to see fruit from their acquisition. And also there's uh, not that much of an overlap in terms of Silverpeak brings in their client base, they bring in their service provider partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to push back a little bit on the thought that, well, you know, the service providers have all made their choices. It is true that in North America and many places they have, but in talking to some of the other vendors, they're still acquiring new service provider partners, but maybe in other parts of the world that are just stepping up to uh, figure out what they're doing about SD-WAN. Okay, so it sounds like there's still a lot of opportunity there. Uh, what does this acquisition mean for the broader SD-WAN market? It seems like there's still, um, you know, last I heard there were 30 plus vendors around. So what are your thoughts on um, how this might impact uh, the SD-WAN industry? Well, there are 30 plus vendors, but there's a long tail of maybe 15 that um, probably will stay where they are and mm-hmm. uh, are not significant anymore in the marketplace. So what it means is we're going to have a healthy market because we've got now uh, competition from a like-to-like technology vendor with HPE against VMware and Cisco. And so that's kind of one camp where you have the vendors coming from a networking, switching, routing side. And then you have the other camp, which is also pretty good competition, is the security side, where you have uh, Fortinet uh, with their own offering that's doing very well, mm-hmm. and uh, actually rivaling Silver Peak for position in market share. And then we have Palo Alto that kind of realized they better get in the game, although they picked up a smaller player, one that's well-known, uh, mm-hmm. CloudGenX, I didn't have a, CloudGenix did not have a large, large amount of market share. However, you got that healthy competition. You got, you got a half a dozen good technology vendors. So it's a, and then you have the rest. So that's a pretty good market composition in my perspective. Okay. And you mentioned uh, Fortinet and Palo Alto. Uh, do you think the security vendors have, are, are they well positioned to have a strong uh, SD-WAN offering in the market? Certainly Fortinet is. I mean, they've been dabbling in the networking side of things for a long time. They've had a mm-hmm. WAN optimization module for their firewalls, and they've got a pretty large client base that uh, is going to need security combined with SD-WAN. And you're either going to get security combined with SD-WAN by buying SD-WAN with some sort of maybe universal appliance like UCPE, or mm-hmm. getting a managed service and having a security module associated with SD-WAN. And the other way to come at it is to take the firewalls that you already have as an enterprise, as an IT buyer, and add SD-WAN to them. So I think that uh, Fortinet is well positioned uh, in the marketplace. Large client base uh, can convert them to SD-WAN and heritage and understanding networking. Uh, Palo Alto is coming a little bit more from behind and my estimation and um, 
However, we should not discount that they have a pretty large play because of their ability to put their software on UCB equipment. And I do hear a lot of bundling going on with Palo Alto. Uh, do you have any other um, predictions or forecasts for um, perhaps future acquisitions or co consolidations coming up in the SC-WAN uh, market? It, it sounds like maybe um, Versa, perhaps, when they be acquired? Or um, do you think that, you know, this acquisition of Silver Peak might be the last big one for this year? Given that you've got the three largest, you know, technology vendor-supported, um, networking vendor-supported players in the market in very, very large companies now, ultimately, Versa Networks, um, I think, needs to find a home in a bigger mm -hmm. player rather than a secure play. And, you know, I've heard speculation that it could be one of the cloud providers that doesn't have SD-WAN now picked them up. As you know, Oracle picked up Kalari and there's a lot of um, partnerships with Microsoft from some of the various players. And so is it going to be a cloud provider or is it going to be uh, some other technology vendor that wants to jump in like, uh, for example, Juniper Networks that doesn't have, for the most part, an SD-WAN play. And when they look around, their competition, um, HPE and uh, Cisco do have one. So mm -hmm. um, those are some of the potential that might happen. I typically don't like to say with too much certainty what's going to happen, but that would be the candidate from my perspective. The rest of the candidates... You know, they do, could have some interesting bits of technology, but you're not going to be buying a market position at that point. Whereas with Versa mm -hmm. Networks, their market share is pretty strong. They have really good uptake with a number of service providers. And so they're very well positioned in the marketplace. And anyone buying them would be buying a position of strength. So we'll have to stay tuned on that. Uh, and then what are your thoughts on how well the SD-WAN market is weathering the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I've heard that things are just fine. I've also heard that things slowed and then are picking up again. Uh, what are you seeing? Well, like anything with COVID-19, there's pluses and minuses, and there's some areas that are doing better and some areas that are doing worse. So the initial, you know, kind of rush to figure out how to keep everyone working was definitely a, a plus for some of the SD-WAN vendors that had the smaller appliances that could go home. That was uh, came across pretty well and provided a little bit of a boost for SD-WAN vendors. Mm -hmm. The issue now going forward is we're now going to see some of the projects delayed a little bit for campus deployments as we figure out how many people are going back to work, if any, and how fast. And ultimately, you know, does 50% of the workforce stay working from home? So there is a little bit of... Uh, perhaps an uncertainty there. And also, you know, with the global slowdown that is inevitable with COVID-19, taking several points off the global GDP, um, the, uh, the question is, you know, what happens to the forecast? And I will tell you that prior to COVID-19, my forecast for, for, to 2024 for the SD-WAN vendors was a little bit higher than it is now. I did lower it just mm -hmm. because I believe the economic slowdown has to impact a little bit. But overall, I, I don't see a tremendous change. In it. Okay. 
Yeah, and I imagine that, um, you know, you mentioned that um, there'll have to be some adjustments as offices open up again. And I, I imagine that we'll continue to see a focus on remote access as some people are continue to work from home full time or maybe a few days a week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, many of the people I talk to, one of the things I, I'm trying to sample when I talk to the clients as I have calls is what's the plan for going back to the office. And, mm -hmm. you know, the number I put out 50% of workers are likely to be working from home for the long term is actually based on some sampling I've been doing. Whereas I think pre COVID, the stats were like 15, 20% of people mm -hmm. work from home. That, that's yeah, quite a, a huge difference. A significant long term shift, yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's been really interesting to watch this thing all unfold. And uh, I, I feel like businesses are probably realizing that folks can be pretty productive from home as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think we'll. Not only businesses, but governments as well, which right. are major employers worldwide. And they were probably the most hesitant to mm -hmm. uh, open up the idea of remote work. Yeah, definitely probably some big security concerns there, I would imagine. Security and productivity, as you mentioned, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Cliff, thanks so much for joining me on the Light Reading Podcast. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Well, same here. And uh, always glad to share some of the knowledge we've accumulated over time on a market that we know well and been following for five plus years now. Yeah, we'll have to check in with you again soon and see how some of our predictions panned out. That's our show. Thanks so much to Cliff Grossner for being our guest. Thanks also to our amazing producer, Tian Fu, for always making us sound good. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your support. The Light Reading Podcast is available on a number of different platforms, such as Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more. So don't forget to tell your friends to tune in as well. Thanks again for listening to the Light Reading Podcast, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20 plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows tier one media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery.